Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Christine Geshrom sharing the word with us today as we continue our series called Run to Win. She shares from the book of 1 Peter on how we can discipline our minds so that we run our respective races well. If we say we have the mind of Christ, we need to make a conscious effort to fill our minds with the truth and allow the truth to transform us. Hi church, what a joy it is to share God's word with you today. Even as you know, we've been doing a new series called Run to Win. Um last week we looked at how we need a strong core in order to build our life around that so that we truly uh, will succeed in the race of life so that we uh, have eternal life and it have it to its fullest. And today we're going to be looking at the next part of the series. We're going to be concentrating on another aspect of each of our lives. So I want us to redirect our attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25. I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. This is what it says. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. Let me just say a word of prayer before we begin. Father, I pray even as we get into your word that your Holy Spirit would give us wisdom and understanding. I pray that Lord, uh, we will put to rest every distraction and concentrate on you this morning. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Even as we just read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25, there's this word which which is mentioned there. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect. And today we're going to be talking about one respect which is our mind. We're going to be talking about how each of us in this race of life how we need to discipline our minds and you might wonder i mean is that even scriptural is the mind so important to the christian absolutely this the mind is so important to every human and for us christians all the more so because we have an adversary we have situations where the first thing that is usually hit is our mind and so i want to ask you today what is your mental state where is your mind today where do your thoughts get focused what are your thoughts fixed on do your thoughts sometimes take you on this runaway train does it just take you off track one thought leading to the next and the next and then do you feel like you're in a downward spiral or do you have control of every thought do you know that when this thought starts i know what's going to come next so let me stop it in its tracks where is your mind today What is the state of your mind today? Have you been struggling with discouragement? Have you been feeling like you're in the throes of a, of the beginnings of a dis- depression? Whatever your state of your mind is, I want you to come today with an open mind and say Jesus, I need you. My mind is a mess. My mind is confused. I don't have clarity. I don't know how to actually clear up the mess that is my mind. Can you help me? Maybe you're saying my mind is not a mess. I know exactly where my thoughts are. I know what I'm thinking about. My, I'm very focused. But can I ask you today if you will allow God to renew even that mind? Because none of us have it all figured out. None of us have it all, you know, at 100% efficiency. All of us are work in progress. So can I ask that we would look at today's word with an open heart, with an open mind? and say lord just speak to me do what you have to do in my mind i noticed that you know as we observe our children we have been in lockdown for 18 months or so and now we're all moving around but if you observe you know 
people in our very own families we've noticed that the lockdown and the, the pandemic as a whole took a toll on people mentally took a toll on all of us and it it showed up in different ways for some people they started to worry more for those who were already anxious it got worse for those who were very laid back out of the blue they were they were confronted with uncertainty and so it did something to everybody so each of us whether you admit it to anyone or not each of us are struggling with things in our mind and today i want us to come to this place of saying will we discipline our minds and what does that look like what does it look to like to discipline our minds is it even possible that's what we're going to be looking at and i noticed that you know common struggles that a lot of us are facing some of us have doubts we'd have doubts about the future doubts about god doubts about what we believe in and if left unchecked it could just barrel down towards disbelief maybe some of you are having fear there's the seeds of fear i lost someone i loved someone else lost someone they love what if it happens to me and now you're stepping into the space of worry you could head into the area of anxiety maybe it's starting off with discouragement maybe you just had one discouragement after the other and all of a sudden you feel like you just can't get out of bed anymore you can't face life maybe negative thoughts about people about yourself about your situation about your family have been taking you captive and before you know it it could become a mindset maybe you've been struggling with prejudice feelings of prejudice that are all up in your head maybe you've not opened your mouth and said it but it's in your head it's a thought what if it becomes entirely a judgmental attitude what if you've started off with those one or two thoughts of offense someone offended you you've not let it go if we're not careful that could narrow down and form a deep root of bitterness if you notice what is common to all these things that i just said is that they all start with one thought we don't need to actually uh, be beset by a huge trial for us to actually engage with these thoughts it's just one single thought like a seed gets planted in our mind and then our mind will start to grow it we build that one thought with another with another and before you know it you have just an avalanche of thoughts and if we are not careful those thoughts will run our lives those thoughts could destroy our lives because like someone once said most battles are won or lost in the mind so if you if you decide in your mind that i can do this no matter what i will i will get through this you will find that on some level that drives you to actually do it but if you decide before you even start you know what this is impossible i can never do it you will find that you will really not be able to accomplish that which you set out to do there's been a lot of research done with those who are recovering from cancer those who have been diagnosed with cancer when they when psychologists worked with them they found that the ones who were highly positive in their minds those who said you know what i'll get through this i'm going to get up every morning and fight it those who had that attitude actually lived longer they lived better and so today i want to ask you no matter what your diagnosis is no matter what your situation is no matter where you are finding yourself in life right now where is your mind at is your mind disciplined that's the question and so today the passage for today which i've taken is from 1 peter chapter 1 we're going to be dwelling in the book of 1 peter um and i want to encourage you that as we read this verse i want you to ask the lord to show you lord where is my mind not at the place it should be where has my mind drifted off course where has my mind been opened up so that all kinds of thoughts out of left field have hit me 
I need more of you in my mind, Lord. If that can be your prayer, I believe something is going to shift today. I believe something is going to change. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. I'm reading from the Amplified. So prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober, in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. So from this passage, there are three things that are expected for every believer, mind-wise. But before we get into that, we need to look at what this verse actually is, you know, coming from. Where is it being derived from? What is Peter saying? So Peter, in the in the first chapter of um, 1 Peter, what he is talking about is he's talking to all the disciples of Jesus, the followers of Christ who have been dispersed as exiles in different parts of Asia and Asia Minor. And he's addressing them and saying, hey, you guys, I know you've heard the good news. I know it's changed your life. I know that you live in the hope of knowing Jesus. I know that you've inherited the kingdom. I know that you have access to the, the treasures of this kingdom. I know that you're walking with joy. But also, I know that you have trials of all kinds. And so, because of that, Peter writes this and he says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. That is the preamble, as it were, to this verse. He's saying, all of this is good. You've had the good news. Your life has been changed, but there's been hardship. You're going through hardship maybe right now. And he's saying, get ready. Prepare yourselves. And so that's what the lead up to this verse is all about. And so it's, it's almost like he's talking directly to one of us because each of us as followers of Christ, we know that when we're running this race, we have all kinds of things that beset us, that befall us, that we encounter. And it's so important for us to come now and say, you know what? Yes, we are running this race. We have the good news of Jesus. We are living by his grace. We are doing amazing things. It's an exciting life. But, but we need to do something with our minds. And that's where we come. We come to verse 13. And that's where I want to direct your attention to three things that I believe God wants us to do with our minds. The first thing I believe from that verse, it says, prepare your minds for action. So the first thing is God is looking for prepared minds, not for unprepared minds. What do I mean when I say prepared minds? What does it look like? So when in different translations of the same verse, it's written differently. In the, in the NKGV version, it talks about girding up the loins of your mind. So this is the mental picture I want you to have. If you're in India, you know what a veshti or a lungi looks like. Can you picture yourself trying to run a at a track meet with a long lungi or a veshti um, hanging right down to your ankles? Would that be possible as a man? It's not possible. What about as, a, what about as women? We have long skirts or harem pants trying to run a 100 meter dash or a 200 meter or a marathon. Even a sprint would be easy, but running a marathon would be impossible with garb that's, you know, loose and flowy and getting into our ankles. And so what this imagery actually looks like is, it's saying, pick up that veshti, pick up that skirt, tie it up around your waist, make it a makeshift pair of shorts, and then you'll be ready to run. That's what the imagery means. And so today I want to ask you, what does your mind look like? Has Have you just let your mind go? I've lived like that for a long time. I allowed my mind to just go off on a tangent of fear. I lived my life on what if this happened? Oh my God, what if that happened? And my mind was a mess. I'm the best example of someone who walked around with my mind like a flowy tunic. 
But it's been in recent years that God has been convicting me of living my life in my head in an extremely disciplined way. And so I want to encourage you today. Will you gird up the loins of your mind and get ready for action? What is the action that we're preparing for? That's an important question. Okay, you're asking me to tighten up the loins of my mind, but what am I getting ready for? Well, let's look at what he says. He says in verse 6, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. If I were standing in front of you, I would ask each of you, which one of you right now are not going through any trials? I believe every one of us are going through some trial or the other, something or the other. Big or small, it's still a trial for us. And here he's saying, rejoice because you have trials. And so what are we preparing our minds for? We are preparing ourselves for the eventuality that we will face trials. So a prepared mind is extremely important. The mind that says, no matter what, I'll get through it. This is not just merely positive reinforcement and affirmations. No, this is actually saying, no matter what, my faith in Jesus is going to be unshakable. No matter what this diagnosis says, Lord, I'm just going to keep trusting you. That's what a prepared mind is. It's saying, no matter what's ahead of the curve, I'll be okay. I know I'll make it through. That's what a prepared mind is doing. Sometimes we allow our mind to wander off on a tangent without keeping it tight and in check. And I want to ask us, is your life, is your mind unguarded? Have you left it unguarded? Have you allowed thoughts of fear and doubt and worry just assail you and take you off course? I want to ask you if today you will prepare your minds. Why do I have to endure battle? Some of you may say, but I don't want to suffer. I mean, I would have rather stayed in my before Christ phase. I could have just been by myself, doing my own thing, cruising through life. But in following Jesus, the beauty is this, that we endure trials, not for fun, not because our God likes to poke at us and prod at us. No, but because verse 7 says this, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So basically, every trial we face is for good. It tests the metal of our faith and makes the faith better and better and better. It refines our faith. And so I'm grateful for every adversity. I'm grateful for every trial because my faith is now not where it used to be. It's in a far better place. So I want to ask you, will you prepare your mind? God is looking for minds that are prepared. Not for minds that just say, I will wing it. You know, when when the adversity comes, I'll see then. He's saying, no, prepare your minds. Peter is writing, he's saying, be prepared. Be prepared. That's the first thing. Is your mind battle ready? Is it prepared to endure and stay steadfast no matter what? Because when you have a prepared mind, you will actually run to win. It's very important. The second thing that God is looking for is a sober mind. If you look at that verse, it talks about uh, being prepared for action, having a sober mind. And to understand what a sober mind actually looks like, we're going to go back to that verse. In, in the Amplified, he talks about steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. That's what it means to be sober. So I want to ask you, are you sober? So we have a dog and we didn't realize how much dogs sleep during the day. So our dog for the better part of every day, sleeps at least 20 hours. Like she just keeps sleeping through the day. And a lot of times her favorite activities, her pastime is, you know, chasing the squirrels or the birds or the frogs in the night. 
But a lot of times because she's sleeping, she misses out the best action of the day. She sleeps through what she should be actually chasing. Or, and I was thinking about that because some of us are going through life like that. We are asleep on the job. We are not awake to what God wants to do in us. We're not awake to what God wants to do in others. Because we're sleeping, because we're so intoxicated with all that's happening in our lives. Otherwise, we're not awakened and sober and alert to the reality of what's happening around us. And I want to ask you today, will you wake up? Will you be vigilant of your mind, of what's going in, what is being absorbed, maybe passively, maybe actively, but what is going into your mind? Are you vigilant? Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 14 to 16. This is what it says. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you shall also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Basically, these believers are just like us. They had lives before Christ, which was ignorant and run with their appetites, their lusts, their passions. And now they're in Christ and their life has to look different. But so often, you know, for all of us, sometimes it doesn't really look different from what we, where we were before. And it usually begins in our mind because our mind tells us, you know what, it's okay. I mean, I'm just going to make this one change, but it's all right. I can still figure it out. I'll make this one compromise now. It's all right. It's not going to affect anything, you know, major. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought harbored in our mind. And then eventually our mind gets dullened. Our senses get dullened. And so I want to ask you, what intoxicating influences of culture have crept into your mind today? Maybe you're looking all around you and you see the many dating apps and you think it's all right. A one night stand is not so bad. Who wants to get committed wholly? I might as well try that. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? Addiction to a narcotic is not such a bad thing. I can break it anytime. I've done it before. I can break it again. Again, it started just to that one thought. I'm stronger than it. What are some of the intoxicating influences of culture? What has culture been putting into you? Maybe it's the stuff you watch on Netflix. Maybe it's the stuff you see online. What has made you dull in your senses? What has made your mind dull that you are no longer awake to what God wants to do in your life? No longer awake to what God wants to wake you up to. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be sleeping on the job. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I don't like to overemphasize the enemy and all that he does, you know, because he's not worth it. He's not worth the time of day. But the truth is this, he's a very real adversary. His ways are wicked. He's the father of lies. He has no good in mind for us. And so when we leave a gap open in our minds, when our minds are drunk and intoxicated with the things of the world, when our minds are not focused on that which is right, he will use that as an entry point. And so today the call is on us. It's on us. Will we guard our minds? Will we be sober, alert, vigilant and say, you know what, that particular thing that I'm watching is making me desensitized to the things of God. Maybe it's that one conversation that I keep having with this person, which is dullening me to the voice of God. Maybe it's a repetition of a particular story with your spouse, something that happened a long time back, which is not allowing you both to move forward in the direction of your destiny. What if it's time to take stock and say, no more, I'm going to be vigilant, I'm going to be careful. That's what this looks like. I want to ask you, 
Is your mind circumspect? There's another meaning for the word sober circumspect. Sometimes we think, you know, it's my mind. Only I think about it. So I can think whatever I want. But here he's urging us to be sober because even what we dwell on privately, even what we think about when we're just by ourselves matters because it'll become a mindset. It'll affect our attitudes. It'll affect our behavior. So why not stop it at the seedling stage itself? Has your mind been intoxicated on lust, on pride, on greed, envy, malice? Things that are absolutely not of the Holy Spirit. It's not too late. You can decide today. You can decide today that I'm going to sober up. I'm not going to give the enemy a foothold. Because a sober mind is a vital ingredient to a victorious life. We want to live victorious lives. We want to live lives that are, you know, just full of God's power and energy. But we can't do it if our mind is dulled. We can't do it if our mind is intoxicated with other things. I want you to wake up. I want to wake up. I don't want to stay sleeping anymore on the job. A sober mind helps us live lives that are pleasing to God. Because imagine, you know, we're just soaking in ourselves, in our need for more of stuff. And what happens is that we're not alert to God's correction. We're not alert to God's voice. We're not alert to God's move in our life. I don't want to miss that. I'm sure you don't want to either. So will you choose to sober up today? And when I say this, I mean this in the sense of your mind. Will you sober up? Will you tighten the loins of your mind and say no more? I'm ready for action. Whatever comes at me, I know with God's help, I will do it. I know that my mind is sober. I'm ready. I'm alert. The third thing I believe that God wants our minds to look like is a mind that is focused on Jesus. Now, I know this sounds so basic, so basic, but I want us to read 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 17 to 21. It says this, you call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. Your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it has only lately at the end of the ages become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. It's because of the sacrificed Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. This passage is all about explaining why we need to keep our focus on God. If you're saying, you know what, Christine, I have tons of things that I need to be focused on. You cannot ask me to just focus on God alone. I know what you're saying. It's so easy to get focused on our jobs, on our spouses, on our better halves, on our children. We have a ton of things that could take up focus. But my question to you is, did any of them die for you? Did any of them rescue you from darkness to light? Did any of them choose you from obscurity and bring you into a kingdom of marvelous light? Have any of them given you an inheritance of the greatest of spiritual riches? There's a reason why we need to keep our minds focused on Jesus. He bought us back from the enemy of our souls. He restored us. He has clothed us with his righteousness. Today I stand before God pure not because of me, because of Jesus and his finished work. 
so it 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 warrants that my mind stay focused on him but so often being the humans that we are our focus shifts it's a very gradual drift you know when we save when you leave save we're all on fire for god well like god you're you know the top priority you're you're the center of my life suddenly the change starts to happen and before long the focus is no longer on him and how do we know the focus is no longer on him because every little thing worries us every little thing disturbs us or some things we shove it under the carpet thinking you know what i'm not bothered i'm really cool about it but it is affecting us and that's when we sooner or later discover he focus is no longer my first love the focus has gone off it's on something else you know a lot of times when our children were younger and they were doing something wrong or acting out um one method i used to try was i would you know indicate that they should come and stand in front of me and i would lower myself to their level and urge them to look into my face because usually my oldest would look at my face and know exactly what my emotion was but my second and third have no clue what i'm trying to communicate unless i use words but the beauty of this is if of this whole exercise was this that whether i used words or not the minute they were focused on looking at my face they would calm down the demeanor changed and invariably my demeanor towards them changed if it started out with irritation when i looked into their faces looking at their sweetness looking at their inherent goodness i simmered down and both of us would calm down enough to actually have a rational conversation and the beauty of focus is this because when my child is focused on me all the distractions around fade the other children who were bullying them or they were bullying all of that fades into the distance the sounds around get drowned out and you're looking at your parent and you know that they love you and that they're correcting you for a reason they don't want you to embarrass yourself and all of their intentions are communicated in that close to that face to face encounter and so today i want to ask you when was the last time you had a face to face encounter with jesus and i when i mean this i mean in, in the most intimate way where your thoughts actually were centered on him when you sat by yourself we talk about quiet times we talk about our personal devotion times with the lord but in those times have your minds actually shaped and kind of converged onto jesus alone Isaiah 26 verse 3 to 4 says this you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you trust in the lord forever for the lord god is an everlasting rock isn't it amazing when we focus on jesus when our mind is stayed on him we find out that he's worth trusting we find out that he's everything he has promised to be but we need to take the time to focus on him And so I know that each of us have full days our lives are full and packed but how do I make sure my mind is stayed on him I would encourage you to try this because this is something that I've tried that when things are going out of hand or even sometimes when things are just beginning to bubble over the surface you feel like you know you're losing control make a quick check and say check who the focus is on invariably i find the focus is on me i'm afraid i look foolish i'm afraid that you know the way i i see this scenario unfolding will not be conducive for me i see that maybe my kids could experience some harm and so i try to avert it by making my plans and my flow charts and my lists but i'm finding that the minute i start going down that path of overt planning overt thinking i stop it and say lord i don't know what to do i'm confused could you help 
And what it does is, whether it gives me a solution or not, it quickly shifts the focus back to Jesus. He becomes front and center. Because he is, after all, the one with all the answers. He is the one who's going to direct my paths. He is the source of peace. And so this is not something up in the air. This is real. When our minds are stayed on him, peace is the automatic product of that. Peace is the automatic next step. Because you find that when you're looking into his face, everything else fades away. One of my favorite hymns is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That is who our Jesus is. When our minds are fixed on Jesus, we can be sure that everything else fades away, that clarity will come, focus will come, renewed strength for what's ahead will come. But we need to fix our focus. Another interesting way of trying this out, which my husband and I have been trying out is, when we're actually facing something that's really hard or difficult or some, you know, you're having some sort of a relational struggle, what we immediately do is we check whether this has any implications eternally. If I do such and such, is it going to hurt the heart of God? Is it going to displease him? If it is, I'm going to recheck that. But if this was something that just hurt my ego, which has very temporary um, ramifications, we're going to let it go. And we're going to turn our focus back on Jesus. God, what do you want me to do? I'm hurting right now. I'm broken right now, angry right now. What do I do? Help me. And that's the beauty of it. Because Jesus doesn't say, sweep your emotions under the, fee, under the, under the table. We don't need it right now. We want to be really logical. That's not Jesus for you. He's all about the feelings because he created us with those feelings. So he's going to let you feel what you need to feel. But when your mind is focused on him, you can tell him, this is where I'm at. I'm a mess. My mind is running at 1,000 kilometers per hour, Lord. Help me. Slow me down. Help me come back to you. And the beauty of refocusing on him is when you look at him, when he becomes the focus of your mind, you see his grace. You see his love. You see the joy he radiates. How can you be any different? Your mind will clear up. Things will change. What have you been focused on of late? Can I ask you that? What have you been focused on? Have you been focusing on a perpetual lack in your lives? Have you been focusing on people? Maybe the people who work for you, with you, who are above you in your job? Have you been focusing on them? Have you been focusing on the disappointments you've been facing? Maybe you've been focusing on the uncertainty of the future. What does the next year hold? 2022 coming up. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you've been focused on your safety, your family safety, your to the, to the you know, exclusion of everything else? Have you been focusing wholly on your health? Has that been driving you through this year? Oh, I need to have better health. I need to eat better. I need to do all of these things to, to be strong and healthy. Has your wealth been driving you? Has that been your focus? Every morning when you wake up, how do I make my business grow? How do I do this better? How do I increase the bank balance? What has been your focus? Can we bring the focus back to Jesus who gave everything for us? Who has done everything already for us? If I was to bring this all down to two things that you would do this week. Because I for one like to have something practical to take home. I need to try something out because only then does all of this make sense. So what we looked at in 1 Peter chapter 1 was that we need to have prepared minds. 
gird up the loins of our minds we have to have minds that are sober not dulled by the influences all around us and we need to have a mind that is focused on god but how do we actually practically put that into action how do i actually have a prepared mind how do i actually have a sober mind how can i keep my mind focused on god what is a plan of action and i have two things that i want to tell you if you take nothing else back from today i want to leave two things with you the first thing is that you empty your mind of junk do you agree that all of us have junk in our minds junk that has been accumulated over years if you're in your 60s i'm sure you'll attest that over 60 years you've accumulated junk in your mind ideas ideologies doctrines theories assumptions all kinds of things that you have come accumulated and it's just there in your mind and just one person has to push that button and that one theory will be be spewed out and and as you get older your grandchildren might challenge you your children might challenge you and then you wonder where did that thought come from we are in our 30s we already have we we realize how much of junk we have accumulated in our minds over these years and it's amazing how having young children helps you actually reevaluate that junk young children with all the content that's going in at them already junk is starting to accumulate in the mind so i want to ask you will you empty your mind of junk how do we do that 2 corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 6 this is what it says for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to obey christ being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete he talks in a very gruff way about arguments and lofty opinions that clash against the knowledge of god right from the beginning right from the garden of eden when the serpent tempted eve what did he say he said did god really say that he made her doubt god made her doubt god's intention and today i want to ask you what junk has accumulated in your mind start with that we don't have to do an overhaul of the mind immediately we start thought by thought what thought has been you know has been detrimental to your life detrimental to your family's life will you cast that down abolish it take it out excise it from your life get it out of your mind because the beauty of our mind is this as dr carolyn leaf says she's um she's a doctor who works specifically in the neurosciences and she's she says that our, our brains are actually neuroplastic which means that we can actually change the structure of our brain based on the way we think and so if we think oh you know what i'm the product of my genetics or oh, this is my upbringing i can't change the way of thinking you're mistaken you can actually rewire your brain by actually thinking the right thoughts today you can cast down it's up to you will you cast down opinions that are wrong opinions that are against the knowledge of god maybe someone has been feeding you stuff saying you know what how can god be good when such bad things are happening that's junk has to get out maybe someone has been saying you know what god doesn't care about humanity he's up there we are here he doesn't know anything that's happening junk he's very much present he knows what's happening maybe you've got this understanding that you know people are inherently bad don't trust anyone that's not of god because every human has been created in the image of god we are inherently good even the worst of us there is good in everyone i can't trust god maybe this is something that you think i can't trust god because there are too many unknowns there are too many variables i can't trust god 
junk it has to get out of your system i'm better than others you know i in my family i've accepted christ so i'm better in my work i'm way more sanctified than others that's a wrong thought empty your mind of junk i need to do this on a daily basis because there's so much of junk that has been accumulated it's not funny because sometimes my kids will challenge something i say and then before i retort i realize that i need to look closer at that thought where did that come from who taught me that where did that understanding come from is it biblical is it something that god wants me to believe in and build my life on most often not and so the challenge today is to catch that offensive thought in its tracks stop it in its tracks cast it on say i don't want it anymore i'm not going to believe that allow yourself to feel whatever emotion it evokes you know don't don't pretend it doesn't exist no you're feeling angry about it feel angry but get rid of it if a thought is not vital if it's not biblical if it's not god honoring if it's not something that god would endorse it doesn't belong in your life it's junk it needs to be emptied out of your mind and once you empty your mind you need to fill it up you can't leave it empty right we need to fill our mind with the truth so that's the second thing first thing clear your mind of junk second thing fill your mind with the truth philippians chapter 4 verse 8 It says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think about these things I remember when I was having a struggle with my mind running away with me um I thought I needed to memorize this verse you know so I would be like you know pure noble trust praiseworthy and but I realized it's not about memorizing this verse Paul was basically re-emphasizing that what you put into your mind matters. What you allow to take root in your life matters through your mind. It matters. And he was re-emphasizing it pure and true and just and honorable. Basically all the best things in the English language he's put it in there. And he said, focus on that. Get rid of the other stuff, the junk that you don't need. Don't, don't focus on that. And so today I want to ask you this. will you fill your mind with truth the beginning of philippians chapter 4 paul exhorts people he says don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition make your requests known to god so he says anxiety is real we all face it we live in a world which is you know going through so many shifts every day we're all feeling the tension we're all having stress and so it's natural to feel stress it's natural to feel anxious but If you want to have that peace of Jesus that guards your heart and mind you need to focus your mind on the right things. If the news is triggering you stop watching the news. You don't need to watch the news every single hour. Delete that news app if it's upsetting you. If if you can handle it and if you can process it in the right way and say Lord I see these needs only you can do something about it. Great. But if you're unable if you find yourself in a mental mess after that do something about it but i want to ask you today what are you filling into your life is it the truth of who god is god is a good god and he does good he's not an absent god he's not an absent father he's a present ever present almighty god maybe you've been doubting god maybe you've been doubting his word the word of god is living and active powerful in convicting us in bringing us into the truth the holy spirit is a spirit of truth he leads us into all truth in comparison the enemy the devil is the father of lies maybe for a long time you've been believing lies about yourself 
maybe you've been saying you know what i keep feeling like my life doesn't matter it's okay if i end my life can i tell you something that's not from god that's a lie of the enemy the father of lies his native language is deceit whereas our god is a god of truth and he speaks life over you and the only way you can fill your life with truth is if you have the word of god deeply imprinted on you so i want to ask you today if you're struggling with thoughts of need you know my life's not important no he says your life is important because i have a plan and a purpose for you i saw you when you were in your mother's womb i have a plan for you maybe you're saying i'm so ugly no one will marry me no one will want me doesn't matter what marriage but he sees you he loves you he created you in your mother's womb he knit you together with the greatest detail he loves you maybe you're saying i'm all alone loneliness is going to kill me i'm going to be alone forever he says i will never leave you nor forsake you that's the truth of god's word if you don't intentionally feed the truth into your mind you will believe the truths of everyone else there's there's a common adage which is going around saying you know i'm living my truth that's not the truth the truth is a person it's jesus when you believe jesus when you believe his word his word will transform you and so you need to know the word of god if you're saying today i'm struggling with an emotional problem just struggling with a mental problem i need help get help by all means get help but also start feeding on the word of god like it's the soul food that you need and i can tell you this that when the truth of god's word gets into you it will fill your mind up it will be like a spring of living water all the junk will clear out and you can fill it in fill in the word of god because only the truth will set you and i free nothing else will set us free it's the truth of god's word that sets us free so consciously filling our mind with the truth is very important and i encourage you if you're someone who who journals every day journal down the promises of god that come at you i remember there was a season when i was battling fear and all around my house i've shared this with the sisterhood many times all around the house i made post-its of verses addressing fear because it's been addressed 365 times in the bible i i i wrote it out on placards and i stuck it at different places in the house so that whenever i walked through the house the word of god was at me it was in my face and today i can honestly say that i've dealt with that fear i've dealt with it i know exactly how to battle it still sometimes struggle with it but i know that the word of god is powerful i know that when my mind is focused on jesus everything else fades away i know that when i clear my mind of junk i need to fill it with something and what that something is it's the word of god nothing else and so i want to ask you today are you ready are you ready for action will you tighten up the loins of your mind and say lord here i am whatever is going to come at me whatever is going to happen around the corner whatever great things you have in store for me i'm ready for it it might be challenging it might require an uphill climb but i'm ready because my mind is ready will you have a sober mind no matter what culture throws at you will you be certain that you will be vigilant that you will be alert to what the lord is doing in your life be vigilant of the enemy's tactics and stand strong stand steadfast and immovable and finally will you keep your focus on jesus the one the source of all grace and truth will you keep your eyes on him even as we close i want to ask those of you who have been listening but saying i don't know jesus i know that he's a good man i know that you've been speaking about him but i don't know more about him can i read this verse for you from matthew 4:17 it says 
repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and what jesus meant for that from that verse when we read it in a different version it says this from that time jesus began to preach and say repent change your inner self your old way of thinking regret past sins live your life in a way that proves repentance seek god's purposes for your life for the kingdom of heaven is at hand i want to tell you this that the kingdom of heaven is at hand right now what is this kingdom the king is jesus himself and he was sent to earth to die for you and for me because on our own we couldn't save ourselves you know that how sinful we all are inherently but jesus was sent to die for us and he didn't stay dead he rose again on the third day he lives today in heaven he's alive and when you and i accept that we are sinners you know and we turn from our old ways towards jesus he enables us to live a life that is radically different it's not a life that is just easy and you know a bed full of roses not at all it's an intense life it's one where every day we die to ourselves to our own needs to our own desires and we strive to live for him so i want to ask you would you like to pray that prayer of repentance today and say lord i repent of all that i've done i accept that you are the lord of my life will you make that prayer with me if you say i want jesus my mind has been a mess but i want to change my old ways of thinking i want to repent for that old way of living i want to do an about face i want to come back to god can i ask that you would repeat this prayer after me heavenly father i thank you for creating me i thank you for sending your son jesus to earth i accept that i am a sinner i accept that i need a savior i accept jesus as the lord of my life come into my heart jesus change me mold me make me more like you i love you and i thank you in jesus name amen amen if that was your prayer i just want to say congratulations you are now part of the family of god you belong to the family of god you are a son or a daughter of the most high god and so we want to welcome you into this family and you don't have to journey alone jesus has given us the holy spirit and he dwells with us he is with us he is in us he is going to help you and not just that now you can belong to a community of believers so if you are somewhere and you need someone to get connected to get in touch with us if you're in another city we'll connect with you we'll connect you with someone there if you are in chennai get in touch with us for those of you who are saying i need help my mind is a mess and i don't know how i'm going to get out of this can i urge you to pray this with me as i pray will you lay your hands on your head will you believe that god has a plan for you and that you are going to take the steps of letting go control of your mind to him and saying lord fill me up can you just lay your hands on your heads right now and say father we just need you heavenly father we pray for every person who is watching this right now if there's been a mental struggle if they have had a setback emotionally if they have been struggling with their thoughts going all over the place i pray that lord they will submit their minds to you thank you that we have the mind of christ and thank you that holy spirit you are transforming our minds right now thank you that you are renewing our minds right now We pray that Lord our minds will be prepared. I I pray that our minds will be so sober and I pray that our minds will be focused on you alone Jesus. We pray that you will help us Lord remove every thought that is not of you and cast it down. We will take every thought captive. 
and bring it under your lordship and father i pray that you will fill our minds help us fill our minds with truth that comes from your word that comes from your mouth oh father help us help us i pray that where there is weakness in the mind be made be changed to strength where there is confusion in jesus name we speak calmness and clarity we pray right now for those lord who are struggling to contain their thoughts lord who are not able to not act on their thoughts father we pray in jesus name peace peace be still that you will allow the holy spirit to work in and through you we thank you lord for you are on the move again we thank you that you are doing a new thing in our lives we thank you that our minds belong to you we pray that lord you will help us discipline our lives discipline our minds in order to glorify you lord in jesus name i pray amen amen god bless you i pray that this week you would make a conscious effort to really throw out all the junk from your mind work it doesn't have to be like i said an overhaul you cannot take all 2 million thoughts and throw them out on you know on a day's notice but that one thought at a time if you could take it and cast it down and bring every thought into captivity and if you can start feeding your mind with the truth of god's word nothing like it have an amazing week god bless you thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.